you think about those that will say that man is basically good. Well, when mm. guys say that, I say, throw your wallet on the ground right now. Let's go for a walk. We'll come back in an hour and see if it's still there. In fact, I may have mentioned it before. A testimony to the wicked nature of mankind is the news item that comes on television saying someone returned a wallet. That is national <laughs> right, news. That's right, yeah. That's the exception. Someone that's returned a wallet that was filled with money. What a hero. We've got to interview him because this is a human nature and this is a human being that's doing something right and good. Yeah. That's big news. What's the number one food that people choke to death on in U.S. restaurants, Ray? Why don't you do an... In, in a, in a, a New Zealand accent. A New Zealand accent. That was the best that was New the, Zealand accent that's be the ever worst. done. In fact, in fact, before we proceed any further and you give your answer, let, let me read this. This is from a listener. It says, such an encouragement. I'm 16 and go to a very liberal school that is hostile to Christianity. I listen to this podcast many times walking home from school, and it helps me stay strong in my faith and our Lord Jesus. And then in parentheses, Easy does a wonderful New Zealander impression, by the way. He just destroyed <laughs> his testimony. Vindication. That's, that's, that's the secular college seeping uh, into his brain. Beautiful vindication. Thank you, by the way, Aaron the Hun. Could he actually, I really love schools for the deaf. I think it's very, 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 um, very God, good. God bless that. So Ray, what's the answer to that question? Uh, hard-boiled egg yolk. <laughs> I don't know what it is about hearing you say that. It brings me such hard boiled egg. Hard boiled egg yike. I love how you usually uh, enunciate. No, no, no. I hand boiled egg yolk. I don't say it like that. It's hard boiled egg yolk. Wheezy. <laughs> that gave me a good wheeze. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it forms a powder in the throat so you can't breathe. And a lot of people die. And when I see people putting a full hard boiled egg in their mouth, to me, it's like they're putting a hand grenade, hand grenade in their mouth. And I don't. I'm, don't do it. You okay, don't like so hard-boiled egg in general? I, I love it. So oh, we're going to continue yeah. the, the incrimination of Ray Comfort from the last podcast. Uh, Ray, if this is how you feel about hard-boiled egg yolk, why do you have many, many, many chickens through which you give out many, many eggs with hard-boiled egg yolk in them? No, the, <laughs> the chickens aren't hard-boiled chickens. They lay fresh eggs. Wait, what did you tell me yesterday about your chicken because of the heat? When oh, you went outside, wow. <laughs> they're self-cooked, and we're eating the bananas. <laughs> so, so hot in California, they just come and already the feathers have fallen off, and they're cooked. Seriously, Seriously 108 degrees yesterday. Yeah, and I looked up Death Valley just to see how good we were doing. I said we're going to reach <laughs> them. It was 122 or something. Yeah, crazy. Why do they call it Death Valley? I don't understand. <laughs> Hottest part of the world. It is. I yeah. drove right by it yesterday. Uh, Ray, how many chickens do you have? Um, 20 to 22 or something like that. I'd love more. And you keep expanding that coop, right? Well, one of the chickens keeps expanding. It's egg bound. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> can hardly walk. I don't know what to do with it. Most people would kill it, but we just let it die. That's a bad <laughs> addiction, right? Yeah, hard boiled egg yolk. I love hard boiled egg yolk, yeah. actually. What I would love- you do, right? If you're in a restaurant, someone's choking. What do you do on hard boiled egg yolk? You just say, excuse me, please don't choke. It's disturbing <laughs> my dinner. <laughs> yeah. You know, they have these devices now. You could put them in someone's mouth and like eat. Oh. Oh, yeah, it really works, too. It's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, You're on an island. You can only take one fruit and one vegetable with you. What would you take? Forever. Uh, This is the only thing you can ever have there for the rest of your life. Yeah, fruit, vegetable. Fruit and vegetable? Yeah, which fruit, which vegetable? Are you allowed liquids? Right. So I'd take a watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) I want to live. (laughs) I think I'd take a mango. Mango? 
I, we're not talking about taking one. We're talking tomato. about a mango tree. The only thing you can ever have there as far That's as the fruit. Yeah, yeah. Oranges. Oranges. I'm a big oh, fan yeah. of stone scurvy fruit. To keep you from scurvy, Mac. I'm a big fan of stone fruit. So I'd have to go with like a plum or a peach or a nectarine. Stone fruit? Stone fruit. What's a stone fruit? Plum, peach, nectarine. Why is it called stone? Because the seed on the inside ah, is a stone. You learn something new. Uh, and then carrots, probably. I love me yeah. carrots. Oh, they say carrots help you see in the dark. Did you know that? But I can never find the switch on the things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I take mango and then I love snap peas, probably for my vegetable. Really? Pizza, I do like a pizza fruit. <laughs> pizza with everything on it. <laughs> vegetarian also pizza. The avocado. Like, oh yeah, I do love avocado. That's pretty good Not too. guacamole, but avocado. I would take a chicken because you can have eggs. Hardballed egg yikes. You can choke to death <laughs> on the island. Get enough of living. Give me an egg. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by The Vault, which contains 100 Gospels of John with a written gospel message in them that look like stacks of $100 bills. The Vault is really cool, though. I really think you need to be able to see it to appreciate it. It's pretty cool. Ray, what gave you that idea? The Vault. I don't know. It, just... it was brilliant. It was one of those brilliant. You get a lot of ideas. Some are not so brilliant. <laughs> the idea. But once Would in a while. Would you marry my daughter? Bad idea. <laughs> that was a good idea. <laughs> but that is, it is really cool. So basically, friends, you can get the vault. It's a box and it comes a hundred of the Gospel it of John. It looks like a vault. It's silver. Yeah. yeah, it looks like a vault. And uh, we did a million. We gave away a million of those gospel. Did we jobs. really? Mm, it was just a one million. lady who's trying to reach her husband. Yeah. <laughs> Distributing them around the country. Did we just post a video of us throwing them outside the, we the car? We did. That was a good video. That made me realize how much a million is because we labored for weeks, oh, yeah. for but hours. How cool! You know, not a million people, but a million households got yes. those. Yeah. You know, people distributed them. When you get low on the vault. Uh, there's a card in there that says, what, Ray? Time to revolt. <laughs> Time to revolt. That's pretty good. And then you can get more, but it's really cool. It does have a cool feel to just open that, pull them out, and go and distribute them. So check that out, livingwaters.com. What is the sin nature all about? That's what we're talking about today on the Living Waters podcast. Was was this a rev- uh, suggestion by a listener? It was a suggestion Do by a listener. Do you have the way they wrote it? I was I curious on on what the context of the he question said, uh, was. What is the sin <laughs> nature <laughs> all about? Hmm, interesting, us, please. Yeah, so the the sin nature, boy, the destructive element that has put us really where we're at today in the world. When we connect it to what the first sin was, it's different than the first sin, but but also related to it. Wayne Grudem said this. He said, "Original sin does not refer to Adam's first sin, but to the guilt and tendency to sin with which we are born." It is original in that it comes from Adam, and it is also original in that we have it from the beginning of our existence as persons, but it is still our sin, not Adam's sin, that is meant. Wayne Grudem. Yeah, so the sin nature, guys. You guys have it in spades. <laughs> <laughs> what, is that? Where did that come from? You guys have that in spades. I don't it's know. It's probably a, card, be a yeah. card game. Yeah, Where yeah, you win, game. win the hand, you got a whole flush of spades. Got a snipe. Oh. <laughs> you got a snipe. I could be, com- I could be completely wrong on what I just said, but it sounds yeah, like it. you are, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that there's two ways that you can approach sin nature. That's why I was asking how they wrote it. The historical theological understanding of, of our depravity, of our sin nature, uh, which you touched on through that quote by Wayne Grudem. And then there's also how that plays out in the life of a Christian, because we are, we are new creation, and yet we still have this capacity to sin. And I was wondering if they were asking in the sense of like, why, why do I still struggle with sin if I am a, a new creation, new believer? 
So maybe we can hit both. But before we get to the second one, the first one to elaborate on what Grudem says, who's a wizard, and we've got to spend time with him. <laughs> He's a theological wizard, oh, not oh. a literal wizard. <laughs> in case those the who are worried, from the New Zealand um, square. I think an important aspect of understanding our sin nature is recognizing that it's original in the sense that we are born with it, but it is not original. And this is an important theological distinction to separate us from a common Gnostic misunderstanding. It is original in our nature, but it is not original in creation. Man was created in God's image and all that God created was very good. We were not created to be sinners. We, in our rebellion, through Adam's representation, Adam rebels against God and therefore bringing on original sin, the nature of sin. And we, through Adam, let's call us adopting that, that Adam-like, that Adamic sin nature, all of us are born with a propensity to sin. And therefore, no part of man can escape the nature of sin. Mm. That's good. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, if it was, if we were utterly in that capacity, then there would we would all be Adolf Hitler's, or worse. times ten. Yeah, right. I mean, there, there is no way to get past that. So it is God's sheer common grace that is holding all of us back from doing things a whole lot worse. Yes, mm. exactly. You know, Ray. There are times you and I will will communicate about this. We'll see something utterly reprehensible on the news, and it just jars us, you know, and it should, because we can often get desensitized. But how scary to think if God removed his restraining hand, as wicked as the things we're seeing. I mean, you hear about people like Jeffrey Dahmer, right? This is to go way back in time, but but eating people that they're murdering, you know? How can people see stuff like that? Hitler and what he did, Stalin, on and on we can go, Pol Pot, you know, we look at all that and, and, and that, that, that is unthinkable. But imagine if God removed his restraining hand and man manifested not, not his... Not just God removing his restraining hand, but if civil law was removed from our nation, hmm. not against the law to rape any woman you wished. You desire her, you want her, you can rape her, and there's no repercussions whatsoever. What a horrific place this would be. Someone annoys you on the freeway, you can shoot him. There's no restraint. Yeah. Then, then we'll see how basically bad man is. Someone sent me a text the other day and it just said a, a lady's gone missing on the East Coast. She was jogging at about 4 a.m. in the morning in the dark and I thought, how yeah. foolish. Where was her father? Hmm. Every father should take his daughters and read to them Romans chapter 3, that that summation of the nature of man. Their throat is an open sepulcher. Their tongues have used deceit. The poison of asps under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Have you guys heard of a a movie and a book called Lord of the Flies. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that uh-huh. just shows what happens when man is left book. to himself. It's a great book, but it isn't just a fictional story. It really is the story of mankind when there's no restraint. In God we trust, others pay cash. is isn't just a clever maxim. Hmm. It really is don't trust human beings. Don't let your daughters run in the dark. Someone's go- Man is a predator by nature. His, no. his, his eyes are full of adultery, and hmm. each of us have that capability. And that's why I'm so grateful to have God's Word, the instruction book that shows us right from wrong and what we should fear and what we shouldn't fear. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You think about those that 
will say that man is basically good. Well, when mm. guys say that, I say, throw your wallet on the ground right now. Let's go for a walk. We'll come back in an hour and see if it's still there. In fact, I may have mentioned it before. A testimony to the wicked nature of mankind is the news item that comes on television saying someone returned a wallet. That is national <laughs> right, news. That's right, yeah. That's the exception. Someone that's returned a wallet that was filled with money. What a hero. We've got to interview him because this is a human nature and this is a human being that's doing something right and good. Yeah. That's big news. Ray, was it, where, was it in was it in Hungary? What country was it? We did the wallet where you threw the wallet down. We had we the camera. It, and we did it in, uh, I think it was Budapest, but we also did it in Santa Monica. Whoops, Santa Monica, I had to point to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's over there. Do you remember I dropped a wallet and then I had these very, very subtle uh, spy glasses on? They looked ridiculous. Oh, don't even remind me of those but This things, is like please. 200 years ago. They were just in the beginnings. They didn't look like real glasses. They looked stupid. <laughs> anyway, a guy picked up the wallet. He was on a skateboard, went past, turned around, came back, picked up the wallet that had money in it. Hmm. That's when I chased him down, had those spy glasses on, yeah. and said to him, uh, did you see a wallet? And he said, no. <laughs> no. And he picked it up. We got film. And I says, we just filmed you picking the wallet up. If you'll give me an interview, I'll let you keep what's inside it because it had some money in it. So yeah. he interviewed me and told him. And then him he pulled it out of his pocket or yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think so. It has it, it, it was good for him to come clean. It was a, a great interview. Yeah. This is probably what motivated you to make the uh the fallen money tract, the wallet tract. Wallet tract, yes. Yeah, people pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's but funny. You, you were going to say something about that people believe that man is naturally good. I wanted to hear you finish that thought. Well, yeah, just the thought that in light of what we see in the world today that people would take that that view yeah. that man is basically good. I mean, you have to be utterly blind and also naive, you know, mm-hmm. in that you're really, because maybe in your circles, you're not seeing an overabundance of wickedness being demonstrated, that people are still internally good. Like they're not really restraining that or you're, you're not considering their motives, intentions, their thoughts, what they do in private, mm-hmm. what they would do, like Ray mentioned, if they could get away with it by law or if others don't see them. There's another thing you did, Ray, too, wasn't it? Or was it you, Mark? Where you, one of you talked about if you were able to tunnel into a bank from your house. That was, was that you, Ray? Yeah, yeah. Break that down. I think I can remember it. See, yeah, you, you can tunnel a bank from your house. No one's going to know about it. You can take a million dollars from a bank that's got literally billions. They okay. won't notice. <laughs> but would you do it if you knew you are gonna not going to get caught? Or would you, if someone offered you a million dollars, kill someone by putting a little bit of poison in their drink? One drop and you get a million dollars. Mm. You won't get caught. Would you do it? And Is it said, one of my hosts? People said, you, yeah, yeah. People said, I would do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Absolutely, I'd kill someone for a million dollars. It just shows the wicked depravity of mankind. The, the abundance of, of, of Oscar's heart is being manifested here today. <laughs> Can I just talk to your point about um, man being basically good? That's yeah. the godless philosophy of the world, that if someone does something bad, there are mitigating circumstances. It's not a sinful nature. Mm. that's caused it. It's not wickedness. It's not sin. It's mitigating circumstances. He didn't have a father figure. He was bullied as a kid. Therefore, what they did was not evil. It was just they went off the tracks. And so we don't put him in a into prison, we put him into a correction facility where he gets hmm. rehabilitated rather than punished. Yeah. And that's why California prisons look like a place where you can go to have a few weeks off. They've got television, they've got film, they teach you how to do filming, that you could do weight, lift weights. It's not punishment, it's rehabilitation. Because yeah. you're the victim, it's not the person you raped and murdered. That's exactly right. Yeah, the, 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 the world tells us, our culture tells us that the reason why people sin 
because they would they would call it falling short, right? They would say like that person's doing something wrong, but it's not intrinsic within them to do something wrong. Rather, the structures and authorities that he grew up in shaped him to do something wrong. And so therefore, instead of reforming the person, we should reform the authorities and the structures around the person. The scriptures teach us that that is both true and untrue. It is true in the sense that we should always analyze the structures and authorities around around us because they do affect the way that we live. However, sin begins in the heart of man. Anything external helps shape the sin, but ultimately the sin starts. And, And my argument simply is this, who created the authorities and the structures? Man did. And so if there's something wrong with them, it's because it comes from the heart of man. We create corruptible things because we are in fact corrupt. Yeah. Matthew Henry, he said, uh, corruption runs in our blood. I like what our pastor said, that if our hand was cut off, we should bleed evangelism, mm. right? We, there's the difference, right? Yeah. That when you become a Christian, we should have that desire to seek and save that which is lost, which is everything against the old man. Michael Lawrence, he said, our ruling desire is to remove God from his throne and to sit there instead, right? So there is this constant battle that rules and reigns that we fight with on the daily, on the regular. But yeah, no, our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. You know, you don't need to teach a child to say mine. I uh, just spoke at a conference this past weekend, and I said, I think every one of my kids' first word was mine. (laughs) Mine. No, no, that's my illustration. That's mine. (laughs) Please don't go shooting it. Mine, 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 (laughs) mine. Oh, that's, that's so true. Seagulls are horrible, actually. They're Man. just so <laughs> selfish and nasty. You watch them. Oh, we watched seagulls pick off these little ducklings that were following a mother once, just come swooping down and pick them off. And I thought, that mind caricature is so clever. I was such a terrible kid. When I was a kid, I was told that if if uh, seagulls, because we had a lot of them near where I live, we were near the ocean, if they ate Alka-Seltzer, they would explode. It would explode That's true, because they can't it? burp. That's true. I Please tried it. It didn't me. work. No, you weren't, you weren't supposed to swallow it. You give it to the seagull. It's not true. I don't think they really explode. I bet you threw a cat up to see if he would land on his feet, too. I <laughs> bet. I bet Elka Selsa put that out as a rumor. <laughs> so so maybe that's all these kids would buy it. Yeah. And, you know, look, Scripture speaks to this in terms of what comes from within. Mm-hmm. It's not that... As it's been said, it's not that we uh, are sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. And it goes back to that original sin and that nature that we have. So he said to them, well, let me jump, jump forward. This is Mark 7. He said, what comes out of a man that defiles a man? For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile a man. And you think of how much you can extrapolate from each one of those, right? Those are kind of the roots, but, but imagine what, what can, I mean, you just go to the, to the root of uh, deceit and all that can come out of that. Easy, I, I think, just so I may mention, I think it's so relevant that Jesus called his disciples evil. Luke 11, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, yeah. what, what teacher would have people follow him if he deemed them to be evil, only Jesus. But it's so true, our hearts are deceitfully wicked. We're evil yeah. by nature. And it's wonderful as Christians to be able to say that because our sin is forgiven.
We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and the podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Yeah. And, and you know, that's the thing with the Lord. When you deny you're guilty, you remain guilty and incur greater guilt. When you confess that you're guilty, that you're, you're a sinner by nature and by choice, then you, and you repent, you'll receive, in it, not just innocence, you'll receive perfection, perfect righteousness imputed by God. But, but again, that's the rebellious heart because a, a part of the sinful nature is the pursuit of self-righteousness. It's really the kind of disposition of calling God a liar. Scripture says, if we say we have no sin, we make God a liar. So all of that is fueled by, by the broken sinful nature and also by, by Satan as well. But, but to, to, to go to the scriptural grounds, Romans 5.12 says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all have sinned. Psalm 58.3, the wicked are strange from the womb. They go astray from birth speaking lies. Romans 7, 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. And so, yeah, Psalm 51, 5, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Mm. Oscar, you're looking at me like you have something to say. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really good. And, and yeah, I mean, my no, mind goes, really good. yeah, no, yeah, uh, no. Yeah, my no. mind goes right to the gospel uh, because what, we talked about before our theological understanding is that we are born inheritors of Adam's sin nature. And in the reality of the gospel, as J.I. Packer said, we cannot understand the gospel until we understand adoption through propitiation, which means that Jesus's work on the cross, he takes on our sin so that when God looked down on him in that moment, he saw our sin and he unleashed the fullness of the wrath of God. And when you are in Christ, that means that when God looks down on you, he sees the perfect, beautiful righteousness of his son. And he treats you as an adopted son or daughter into his kingdom, which means you adopt a new nature, a nature of righteousness and godliness, which means your life, your desires, everything transforms because of this new adoption. You see yourself as inheritors of his kingdom and of his goodness. Wow. Yeah. And, and guys, let's, let's kind of touch on the manifestation of the sinful nature. I think you see it instantaneously in children. Oh, yes. In fact, Spurgeon said this, he said, any man who declares children to be born perfect never was a father. <laughs> Your child without evil? No, you without eyes, you mean. <laughs> so true. Yeah, so, so let, let's, uh, we've all had children, as Mark alluded to earlier, we don't, you don't need to teach your children to sin, right? What if, as someone once said, what if a baby had the strength of a grown man? It would destroy everything. <laughs> Could you imagine? Right? I yes. mean, 
Think of that. Babies like not getting their way. They lose it. They flip out that the tantrums. I mean, you guys have seen tantrums in, in stores, right? With, with kids. Do they sell them now? <laughs> you can buy <laughs> How many yeah. times have you wanted to give a shepherding a child's heart to a parent whose child is just wayward, right? Oh. Just um, carry a pedal. Pass it. So here's a gift for you, man. <laughs> you the Dunsat. You know, Psalm 51.5 says, surely I was sinful at birth. You know, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Mm. Psalm 58 verse 3, elsewhere David states, he says, even from birth, the wicked go astray. You know, from the womb, they are wayward, spreading lies. You know, th- that is the case, right? We have to work hard. It's the rising up and it's the sitting down. You know, we talk about the law of God is a tutor, a schoolmaster to bring our kids to Christ. And if you look back during the first century, that uh, schoolmaster was was really a friend, a trusted friend, a servant who would lead really the boys more than the girls, but would lead the boys. And it would be the rising up and the sitting down when the parent was perhaps absent, would take them to school. And the, the boy would not actually even enter out of the house without that schoolmaster to lead them and to correct them and to make sure that they were making the right decisions. And then when they became an adult, that schoolmaster became a friend hmm. to that child. Wow. Well, that that's kind of the picture of us, right? We, we are continually pouring into our kids every moment that we possibly can. And then hopefully at that point when they're able to make all the decisions on their own, when they know even if mom is looking over their shoulders, they're still able to make whatever decision they want to make and there's no ramifications for mom to do so. But they choose to stay. Hmm. They look at us as a schoolmaster, as a tutor, as a friend, much like Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friend, right? And that's the whole purpose of uh, the schoolmaster and the tutor, because our our kids are wayward right from the womb. Yeah, and easy, uh, and and you, Mark, bring up a good point. And something that I've observed is that the modern parent has so much pressure put upon themselves because they're unwilling to recognize that their kids are in fact born sinners. Because then what happens with the modern parent is look at the kid crying and they're like, oh no, I didn't feed them. Oh no, the diaper's not changed. Oh no, they're uncomfortable. What can I do? I need to make sure that I'm doing everything I can because they're perfect. And if they're upset and they're frustrated, they're throwing a tantrum, then surely it's because I messed up their bedtime or they didn't sleep enough or what am I not doing right to make this kid happy and perfect and good. And so all of the pressure of modern day parenting is putting on the parent of like, I need to coddle them. Right. Yeah. And and that unfortunately, man, there's so much more grace offered when we recognize that kids are born sinners yeah. and we are to be schoolmasters. We're to teach them, we're to call them to repentance and point out their sin and disciple them so that they grow up looking towards the gospel rather than looking towards the world and saying, Well, if I'm if I'm frustrated, that's your fault, not mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's exactly right. And I, I was sharing with some parents this past weekend at an event. I said, listen, it is not our job as Christian parents to raise Christian children. Right. It's our job to model what a Christian is for our children because salvation belongs to God. We can teach them in the rising up and the sitting down, but ultimately God needs to bring the forth the fruit of salvation in his timing if he sees well. Yeah. You know, Ted Tripp really hit on this. He said, even a child in the womb and coming from the womb is wayward and sinful. We often are taught that man becomes a sinner when he sins. The Bible teaches that man sins because he's a sinner. Your children are never morally neutral, not even from the womb. And Ray, what I love about this is it ties into what you did with your kids. I mean, Rachel came to Christ, as I've mentioned before, 
because she was schooled under the law. And she ended up coming to you and, and Sue and saying, I can't stop being awful to my brothers. And she was convicted by her wickedness. And so that's what led her to come to you guys and, and break down and repent. And, and I remember that very moment. I was standing doing the dishes, I think, and she pulled my shirt from the back and, and, and said that. She's only a little kid, but she had a knowledge of sin and understood the gospel, and uh, she's never looked back. Yeah, mm. and that brings to mind the importance of letting the schoolmaster, like you referenced, Mark, do its work. Let it be that ally, you know, because... Let it be. again, What's that? Let it be. Let it be. <laughs> Let it be. You have to do that. Yeah. So, because here's the thing. It's important to understand that the commandments, the moral law, the Decalogue, they don't produce sin in people. What they're doing is, is they're revealing what is latent in the heart. It's the light. Yeah. They're revealing what's there and, and making that manifest so that people can become broken and repent. I think someone, it might have been Spurgeon, talked about the human uh, nature being like cockroaches in a dark cellar, and mm. you turn the light on and see what it's exactly like. Ooh. And they scatter. Well, he said this, though. This is good. He said, as the salt flavors every drop in the Atlantic, so, so does sin uh, affect every atom of our nature. Mark, you have the same quote? It's, we're in stereo now. <laughs> it's so sadly there, good, huh? so abundantly there, that if you cannot detect it, you are deceived. One of the other things he said is, pass the salt. <laughs> pass the salt. I'm sure he did yeah. at some point. <laughs> but how would he have said it, Oscar? Can <laughs> you do the, an English accent? Try. I'm not I even you close. No, I, you know what? You never do accents, Oscar. I just realized that. Them. I can Ray do a Mexican <laughs> accent, but nothing else. Okay, Ray, do Spurgeon's accent. <laughs> Indian. My name is Charles Spurgeon. I just thought I'd come to you this morning and I want to preach to you from the scriptures. Boy, Wheezy just... Uh, Showed himself. I heard that. he learned how to speak English from watching the Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, would yeah, it would have been great to hear Spurgeon. Go ahead, so, so what happens to our sin nature when we were born again? Yeah. So let's get into that. So Galatians 5, I think, gives us a, a great picture of the war that rages within us. And, and this really answers that question. Galatians 5, 16 to 17. I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. We've talked about Galatians 5 a lot on the podcast, but it's fitting to discuss it again here. This gives great demonstration to the reality that's within us as believers. When we are born again, when we are regenerated, our spirit is quickened. The spirit within us that was dead, that part of us that... Quickened that, is the King James for made alive. I love that word. Is quickened. Yeah, we're, we're made alive. And Ephesians speaks to this, 2, 1 through 10, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the, of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So, I mean, that really opens it up and reveals this is who you were. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were by nature inheriting that sin nature, a child of wrath, but you, he made alive. Oh man, I get the chills when I think of that. You think of, there we were in our unsaved state, enjoying the pleasures of sin, 
causing God's wrath to be multiplied over our heads. Mm. It's absolutely frightening when you think of that. Terrifying. Yeah. In our ignorance. And that's one of my motive, one of the, my motivation for reaching out to the lost is a horror for the ungodly thought that they are children of wrath, Mm. that their little sins that they count to be trivial are Hmm. massive in the eyes of a holy God. Wow. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It's alarming. It's eye-opening, you know, when we, when we think about that, God's wrath being stored up, so contrary to the picture that the world gives of, of what it is. And so, all right, so we're dead in those trespasses and sins. Mark, what happens to our desires once we're quickened? Well, I mean, first of all, listen, uh, the old man is dead, but I know where he's buried. <laughs> <laughs> so there, Talk there's... about your father with more respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still alive, thankfully. Yeah. Um, Love my dad. There's still a war, right? We have new desires, but there's a battle that continually wages war. That's what I think we see in Romans chapter 7 with the Apostle Paul when he continually speaks about himself. He says, oh, woe is man that I am. And he talks about, he uses the word I or me or my, I think it's like 39 times in Romans chapter 7. And then Finally, he gets into Romans chapter 8, where there's now no condemnation. He doesn't mention himself one time. Yeah. I, I think that there's victory as a Christian, though we continually have that sin nature. We still have that bent to do that, which is evil, to replace God in the throne with ourselves. There's always that uh, desire to want to do that. The greatest idol that we'll ever have is us, because we're infatuated with the man in the mirror. But as we draw near to God and we uh, long to see God be glorified inside of us and just worshipped in spirit and in truth— the old man tends to fade away, you know, and not that he's completely done away with, right? But there, there's there's a desire to just want to honor God in everything. And when we do blow, when we do mess up, we're quick to ask for forgiveness. When we talk about, as Todd Friel said, our kids should know that we are the biggest sinners inside the house. Mm. What he means by that is they should hear us say, I'm sorry, more than anybody else. So we should lead the charge when we do wrong, right? That our kids don't look at us as you're different in public than you are in person. We hear that a lot. My dad is a hypocrite, or we hear pastors are hypocrites, you know, because they live a different life at home. And really the, the distinguishing difference, right? That, that, that mark that separates that is just simply this. You're always asking for forgiveness, or you're always bringing correction. You're showing your kids where you went wrong in this, and then you're going right back to God's grace, because it's about him, not about your performance. So, yeah, we we have a new nature in the sense that we are a new creation created in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. God has created us for good works, and it will teach us to be humble, humble, humble. And the more we walk with God, the more humble we will become and not receive any sort of accolades Mm. uh, from man when it comes and inevitably comes because you want to share Christ crucified. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Oscar, there is something extremely important about demonstrating through our confession of sin and our repentance before our children that sin has been dealt with. That even within the arena of sin, there is good news through the gospel. Yeah, man, that's that's so true. Well, I think the, the confession, to be able to confess and repent of sin is also a recognition that you're not a slave to that sin. Mm. You see, the people who are slave to sin cannot confess it. They cannot repent of it because it brings them non-salvific 
shame and guilt. Mm. And we, we have shame and guilt over our sin. We should have guilt over our sin, but that guilt should lead to confession and repentance. I, I said it like this in our uh, time of confession at our church this last weekend, that if you guys ever, you've probably seen this, you've seen where, you know, there's a YouTube video of, or I'm sure there's a couple of them, of a baby in the ambiotic sack. Yeah. And it's just sitting there not moving. And then they poke a hole and the sack will burst open almost like a slow motion balloon and the baby will <gasps> take its first mm. breath and start crying. And if you think about it, like that baby's been alive for nine or 10 months, whatever it is. And now all of a sudden it takes its first breath of mm. fresh air and fills its lungs. Yeah. Every time we come to a place of confession and repentance, we are like that baby breathing in the grace of God, pulling in his work on the cross, not to save us because he's already saved us, but to renew a salvific power within us. And so our kids get to t see us take fresh breaths of grace mm. in our daily walk. Man, that is gonna encourage them to do the same thing. I love that. You know, Jesus, uh, I was reading this earlier today and uh, this person said, Jesus satisfied God's wrath against sin and provided believers with victory over their sin nature. And then he quoted 1 Peter 2, 24, where he said, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. And in his resurrection, Jesus offers life to everyone bound by corrupt flesh. I like that. <laughs> that's that's worded. Yeah. Those who are born again now have this command, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, it's it's that newness of life that we have in him. And you know, you think about the verse that's often quoted, I think is it John 10, 10, I came to give life that more abundantly. Mm -hmm. it, it's so twisted and misunderstood. I mean, to me, there's there's nothing greater about having an abundant life than to be able to experience God's forgiveness and grace right? In the midst of what Ray often talks about, the abundant life, trial and tribulation and struggles and battle, that in it all, we have forgiveness mm. of sin. I've talked about it before. I mean, there are people in pagan religions, Hinduism being one of them, where, and they are sacrificing their children for forgiveness of sin. They're beating their bodies. They're crawling on broken glass. They're, and here it is given to us freely by God. Christ having borne our sin upon himself. You, you can't make up a story like that. Hmm. Ray, you're looking very No, I was just, I, I'm taken back by God's grace. I often think of my past sins, secret sins that I wouldn't even confess to you guys, right deep within the corridors <laughs> of my mind as yeah. a non-Christian, burning with unlawful sexual desire against women, stuff like that, that all guys get. Hmm. But the knowledge that God saw my sin and I cried out to the Lord. He heard my cry and delivered me from all my fears, took me out of darkness into light, opened the eyes of my understanding, took me out of the kingdom of darkness, brought me into the kingdom of light, took the power of death, the fear of death from me. What a glorious hope we have in Christ. And again, I go back to every time I think of how blessed we are, how cursed the ungodly are, and my heart trembles for them. Yeah, big time. Yeah, and you know, we started with the first Adam, but boy, the last Adam, <laughs> what we have in him, mm -hmm. you know, as our federal head, the first Adam ushered us into the world of sin. And you think of what it says of Christ, our, our you know, last Adam, he who knew no sin became sin mm -hmm. for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 
And do you ever think on the fact that God thinks on you? Ah, oh, blows my mind. It doesn't it? I mean, you just have to sit and watch, you know, a big football game and look at the crowds and look at all the different faces. I mean, there's, we, they're identical <laughs> twins, but just think about it. God's got two eyes and nose and a mouth to work with, and they're all different. You can even, <laughs> you can pick the, uh, what country someone's from. You can pick a Russian yeah. you know, it, it, by the look of his face immediately. Someone from Hungary, someone from Greece, <laughs> uh, even, even from France. You can just see where they're from and how incredibly creative God is. And to think that he knows how many hairs are on our head, the thoughts of our heart, all our life is splayed out before him. How incredible this, this creator God that's beyond our imagination cares for us, loves us, mm. and has granted us everlasting life is absolutely mind-blowing. Amen. Yeah, the uniqueness of his creation. It, even identical twins don't have identical fingerprints, you know, just amazing. Yeah, and friends, there you have it. You know, that is what we have, the bad news, the sin nature, the 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 corruption that is within is offset by the glory that we've received because of Jesus and because of what he's done. One other quick thought is, yeah, um, please. Sin pays terrible wages. Mm. Wages of sin is death. Someone rightly said, quit before payday. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, big time. And, and you know, you, you think about some who may even be listening to us right now, and you've been listening to this program, you, you know, you, you, you find enjoyment in it, maybe some uh, entertainment, I don't know, but maybe examine yourself and, and ask yourself, have you experienced that new birth? Have you been regenerated? Not that you're sinless, you never will be that until the other side of glory, but you need to ask yourself, do you love Jesus? Is he your everything? And if not, the hope is the gospel. You can repent today and place your trust in him. So we urge you to do that. Well, there you have it, friends. Another episode done. Remember to check out The Vault at livingwaters.com. Give us your comments. Give us ratings. Go to the platforms where we appear and do that. And then email us at podcast.livingwaters.com with thoughts and insults towards Ray, Mark, and Oscar. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on The Living Waters podcast. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters podcast.